Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. Now, on 105.9 FM and streaming worldwide on the WMAL app. O'Connor and Company. 706 O'Connor and Company here on a very loaded Friday morning. I, I should just stop modifying it because the news cycle is yes. going to be jammed full. It was Patrice like this last Friday too, it's though. It's going to be like just through uh, the election and then after the election, and this is just that just means everyone has to keep it here. That's right, WMAL. because you don't want to miss anything. And if you did miss anything in our first two hours, please uh, subscribe to and download the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's actually an ad free. Well, I shouldn't say ad free experience, but it's a very different experience than you get yeah. every morning here on the program. It's a podcast experience, and we spent our entire first hour analyzing all the testimony coming out of oh, Fulton yes. County, Georgia, with Fannie Willis. And uh, Mr. Wade and all that jazz. So get that podcast. Also coming up at 735, Matt Schlapp is going to join us. And 805, Tom Rousey of K, uh, WJLA. I keep wanting to say K. What am I in L.A. right now? <laughs> WJLA. He covered the fire in the metro station yesterday. All right. Let's get right to it. Patrice. Okay. High drama down in Fulton County as uh, the judge is hearing testimony as to whether Fannie Willis has acted improperly as the prosecutor in the uh, very expansive uh, Trump Trump criminal trial for the events that took place after Election Day Mm -hmm. back in 2020. It was, uh, well, let's bring in our legal analyst here, Hans von Spakovsky, who not only is a lawyer, an election law expert, Mm -hmm. and also is based uh, was yes. based in Fulton County, Georgia. So Hans, you're sort of you're sort of the key person to come in and comment on this. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, Patrice, Larry, thanks for having me. Also, let's Absolutely. not forget your uh, current uh, st- stellar affiliation with Heritage Foundation. Uh-huh. We love Heritage and we love everything you're doing there, of course, Hans. So you tell me what you saw yesterday from your district attorney and Mr. Wade, the special prosecutor that was brought in for what is basically the most consequential criminal trial of our lifetimes, considering Mm. the political ramifications and the unprecedented nature of the racketeering charges for the president's lawyers and advisors and a former president who's now running for re-election all at the same time. This is a big deal. You saw Fannie Willis yesterday. Is this business as usual in Fulton County? Is this how you guys do your business down there? Well, I tell you, it was quite something seeing how arrogant and Mm. belligerent Fannie Willis was in the case. And I was actually disappointed in the judge. Listen, her her belligerence, her arguing with the lawyers who were questioning her rather than answering the questions was was so far worse than anything that Donald Trump has been sanctioned for. Donald Trump's been sanctioned for his behavior in the courtroom. Hers was much worse, and yet the only thing the judge did was a couple of times he warned her that her mm-hmm. testimony would be struck. Mm. But he basically let her her run amok. I don't think she did her case very uh, did her case any good. Yeah, and in particular, she displayed such a lack of credibility. As you know, that there was a big focus on the trips the luxury uh, vacation trips mm-hmm. that her lover, Nathan Wade, had had paid for, and they had no receipts for them whatsoever. She mm-hmm. just kept saying, oh, 
she keeps large amounts of cash at home, and she used that to pay him off. L- let me tell you about that very quickly. Okay. If Fannie Willis was criminally prosecuting a mobster or a, uh, a drug dealer, and that was the excuse they used for having large amounts of cash at home uh, because – Oh, my father told me I should always have it. <laughs> he would be, he would be that that defendant would be laughed out of the mm. courtroom. Um, well, Nathan well, laughed out of the courtroom in handcuffs to a cell. Yes, exactly right. And Nathan Wade, uh, look, he was shown up at he on the stand. He was constantly evading, yeah, trying to answer questions. Compare them to the third witness. Mm. The third witness. Longtime friend mm-hmm. of, of Fannie Willis's. Uh, she's known her since college. Uh, they uh, shared housing together. She, uh, Fannie Willis even hired her. She clearly was there reluctantly. She did not want to be there. And she had the most credibility mm-hmm. uh, of those, those other two evasive witnesses. And she basically showed that what Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade have been saying is a lie. Well, and that's that's huge, Hans. I mean, because I think yeah. the same thing. I mean, so before uh, both Willis and Wade took took uh, took the stand, uh, her testimony was what was what was what had been seen. And I think there was a lunch break after that. And watching a yeah. lot of the cable commentary during that lunch break, it was clear from CNN to MSNBC um, that this that that her, her that the witness's testimony was damning for their case. And they it seems like they absolutely lied. But you. You're saying that after hearing everything yesterday, you still think that her, her, the witness testimony trumps Willis and Wade's testimony. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I don't look. The judge may not have kept the control of the courtroom. He should have. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't help thinking that um, her Fannie Willis's combative behavior, refusal to answer question and frankly, her self-righteous attitude mm. is not going to help her when he's making his decision. By the way, I have to tell you, look, I still know people who work inside the Fulton County government, and they have all told me privately that uh, nobody likes her on the staff because she is she acts like such a diva. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. saw that you, behavior we, yeah. yesterday sure in the courtroom. It was it was more it wasn't, you know, law and order Atlanta. It was real housewives Atlanta. Mm. So, Hans, where do you think this goes? There will be more testimony today. I, I don't know what more the judge needs to see here. The, well, give us the legal question here. It has to do with whether she has improperly benefited from this prosecution. Yeah, what people, the reason, everybody's understand, the reason they were focusing on those trips and the claim that uh, uh, Fannie Willis supposedly paid him back for it is, Look, it's a violation of both Georgia state law and federal law hmm. for a vendor to give kickbacks to the people who have hired him. In this case, she, as a, an employee of the county government, hired Nathan Wade, paid him hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then went on luxury trick, uh, trips with him. If she didn't actually reimburse him and they didn't make a very good case, for her claim that she actually reimbursed uh, uh, Wade, then that could be considered kickback. And yeah. I said that's mm-hmm. a violation of state and federal law. And there we've got more with Hans, and we're going to keep him over here for a second segment. But Hans, there, um, 
if you're to believe them that she reimbursed him, there is no paper trail. Every, every transaction is with cash. There's, there's no paper trail or receipt showing her paying him the cash back, and there's no paper trail or receipt showing him depositing the cash that she allegedly gave him. So it all goes down to their credibility. The judge needs to just decide if they are telling the truth. Is there enough there? For, I mean, do, does the judge say, listen, this is the district attorney and officer of the court. If she says she paid it back, she paid it back. Is that enough? Uh, I think that would be a huge, huge mistake and would give Donald Trump and the other defendants a solid ground on any appeal to overturn any conviction. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't even gotten to several other very important points about ethical violations mm. by Fannie Willis. Well, in a moment, we'll get to those ethical violations. I know you've got them, and I, I know that your colleague and our friend Colleen Stimson just wrote about it over at Daily Signal. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a moment. And also, by the way, we're expecting a uh, verdict possibly in a trial in New York against Donald Trump, and we're expecting right. a decision from the Supreme Court about uh, the president's team asking for blanket immunity mm-hmm. with regard to the charges from Jack Smith. So we got all of that, and we'll get to it with Hans von Spakovsky in just a moment. But first, it's 7.15. WMAL traffic and weather every 10 minutes first on the fives. WMAL. Making sense of the news. Live. From the Home Paramount Pest Control Studios. Home Paramount, the leader in pest control since 1939. On the next Vince Colonnais show, the stories ripped from the headlines and translated into the truth. Join us 3 to 6 on WMAL. Uh, we did learn, though, yesterday that Fulton County DA Fannie Willis um, does not like wine as much as her paramour. She She's likes, a gray goose gal. She likes her gray goose. That's right. <laughs> that was some of the better testimony. Hans, um, well, for real, to touch on some of the other ethical questions that might come up today, if you don't mind. Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Well, there's not going to be any uh, evidence produced about one of them because apparently on Monday when they uh, were setting up what was going to happen today, the judge said he didn't need to hear any witnesses about it. He was just going to apply the law to it, which I don't think is a good sign for Fannie, uh, Fannie Willis. And what it is is, remember, she gave a very public sermon yes. at her church uh-huh. in which she claimed that mm-hmm. all the motions being filed by the defendants to recuse her uh, were because the defendants were racist mm-hmm. and there was racial animus behind what she was doing. That is a absolute violation of the professional code of conduct that governs lawyers. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors are not allowed to make extrajudicial statements, in other words, statements outside of a courtroom that could result in public condemnation of the accused defendant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah. The second issue and I think it'll get um, at least uh, the order will get introduced today. Remember, when she was subpoenaed by the ex-wife for her deposition in the divorce case, mm. 
she filed a motion for protective order with the divorce court. She asked the court to basically squash the subpoena and said, I should not have to uh, give any testimony in this case because I'm a DA Mm. and I'm involved in an important criminal prosecution. And in fact, I need time to investigate the wife for interfering with a criminal prosecution. (laughs) That is also an absolute violation of professional code of conduct, because you see what she was doing was she was threatening criminal prosecution in order to gain an advantage in a civil matter. Ridiculous. And you you cannot do that. You can't threaten yeah. a criminal prosecution uh, in a civil case. And uh, you all recall what happened right after she threatened the ex-wife with uh, criminal prosecution. The divorce case was settled. Yeah, yeah in January. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I know we've got a few other cases to ask you about. But what happens next? Is it possible that she is thrown out and her entire team is thrown out? And, and what does that mean? Uh under Georgia uh, prior precedent, court precedent, if she is recused, and Nathan Wade obviously also, the judge should actually recuse her entire office, every who worked with her. If his 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 options, then I don't think he'll dismiss the case, even, mm-hmm. although he could do that. What he then will do is he'll transfer the entire case to a different county in Georgia. There the new DA will have to reevaluate the case and decide uh, on his or her own whether to continue with it. Wow. If I could move on uh, quickly now to the uh, Supreme Court decision that we're expecting any minute now on the immunity. Well, there's a couple of questions here. The first Supreme Court decision we're waiting for is out of Colorado there with regard to the ballot issue. What are you expecting there and how sweeping will that decision be? Uh, I think we will get a decision. Uh, I mean, it's possible it'll be nine to zero, maybe one or two uh, defections from that. But I think we'll get a decision uh, overturning the Colorado decision. And I think the decision will be broad enough so that any and all other challenges in all other states uh, will be ended. And you do think wow. that it'll be possibly a nine nothing or or maybe eight one? I mean that that would be so yeah. healthy and frankly healing for our country. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Particularly when I was surprised during the oral arguments to hear that the most liberal member of the court, Justice Brown Jackson, sounding like one of the conservatives and asking her <laughs> questions. Yeah. All right. And then also the other question that the Supreme Court will hear about uh, it has to. Well, right now they're sort of waiting for Jack Smith to respond to the Trump team with regard to what the D.C. Circuit said about blanket immunity. What's that process going to look like? Yeah, the court asked uh, Jack Smith to respond, I think, by February 20th to uh, the issue that uh, has now been brought up of the president having immunity from criminal action, uh, criminal prosecution or actions he took while he was. Uh, president, um, uh, it's an emergency petition. So the Supreme Court could simply issue a decision saying uh, the three-judge panel of the Court of Appeals, they're the ones that said no immunity, their decision is stayed or basically suspended until the entire Court of Appeals of the District of Columbia can make a decision on it. So I don't think we'll get a decision on the substantive merits, 
I think what we will get is them saying, no, this is not going to uh, be put in place. This case is not going forward until the full Court of Appeals has, has had a chance to look at it. And even if the full Court of Appeals gets a chance to listen to it, then there's a chance for a Supreme Court. So that's, that's really yes. going to take a bit. All right. Um, yeah, that's right. A, a couple of other things, Hans, <laughs> while we've got you. Uh, we're expecting a decision in the uh, civil trial in New York having to do with, I think this has to do with President Trump's business dealings. This is a single judge who will make that decision, a judge where there's been lots of commentary about his bias here. What are you expecting there, and what does that appeal process look like? Well, as you said, his bias has been evident even before he started the case. So I think you're going to see him issue a very big judgment against Donald Trump and his business. The whole point of this uh, by the Democrats in New York is to confiscate as much of Trump's wealth as Mm. possible so that he can't be a candidate. Um, He'll then have to appeal it up through the state courts. The state courts there are just as stocked full of of uh, hostile Democrats as this particular judge is. So, you know, I I think this case is a sign that any CEO of any company in America, you should not do business in New York that they have a law like this. I mean, this is the kind of law you'd get in Venezuela. Mm. Uh, uh, Last question, Hans, (laughs) thanks for working overtime with us, but there's a lot of cases. The decision we saw last week of the special prosecutor to not bring charges against President Biden, even though it was clear in that document that he had violated the law, not just in the possession of those documents, but retaining them and spreading classified information. How is that going to affect the charges against Donald Trump, where he's facing a trial Mm. on basically the same charges or the same behavior? Certainly, Biden gets off. Trump has to defend himself. Well, it adds to the claim he's making in that case of selective prosecution. Now, that doesn't often work with the courts because prosecutors have a lot of leeway in in who and when they decide to prosecute. But given how important this case is, the first time a president's ever been prosecuted under the Espionage Act, of all things, um, I, I think when that case eventually gets to the Supreme Court, if it does, based on a conviction that that Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the headmaster for coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com, VeritasAcademyDC.com. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Actually may be a significant factor the Supreme Court takes into account. Hans von Spakovsky, Heritage Foundation. If we didn't need you here at Heritage and in D.C. and here on WMAL, I would encourage you to move back to Fulton County and run for D.A. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> because you could clean things up down there, they need you, Hans. Thank you, Hans. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Now. On 105.9 FM and streaming worldwide on the WMAL app. O'Connor and Company. It's 7.36. It's O'Connor and Company. Larry O'Connor with Patrice Onwuka. 
And joining us right now is Matt Schlapp. Of course, he is the chairman of the American Conservative Union. They put on the annual CPAC conference, which is next week. National Harbor right. will be there live. Absolutely. I can't wait. Air. I love doing CPAC. Absolutely. Yeah. We do every year. And Matt, uh, gosh, there's so much to talk to you about. First of all, are you okay? Are you getting any sleep? Are you, are you <laughs> primed and ready for next week? We're we're ready, you know. Um, uh, the Schlapp household is a busy one. I will admit that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, CPAC is kind of a family affair. We get all the kids are out there helping us work the uh, operation. You know, it's a volunteer uh, event. People don't realize that, yeah. but you know, our paid staff is pretty small, and hundreds of people from around the country mm. return every year. We 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 know they're friendly faces, uh, and they just love you know, playing this important role at CPEX. So it's a it's a really great event. By the way, a lot of the volunteers, of course, come from this area and not coincidentally are listeners to this program. Is, it, right. too, is it too late for any of our listeners to want to volunteer and be a part of the team no. there? No, we're down to crunch time. This is the final week. So anybody who wants to volunteer can go to CPEX.org. You can get your tickets. We did the tickets differently this year. We started off at a lower rate, $95. We've moved that up to $195, and that will go up eventually to $295 as we get closer to the event. We usually start at 295 so we started at a mm. lower price point and moved up. And uh, anyway, I guess the, the feeling on that is, yeah. you know, Reagan's promise, keep those tickets as low as possible uh, and let people of, you know, who don't have a lot of money participate in this great, important movement. Well, and Matt, it's needed now more than ever, given that inflation is still up, uh, like, what, 20% since President Biden took office. So thank you for the relief for, for attendees. But I want to talk big picture about the conference. I'm, I'm actually on your website looking at the agenda. I've got some great speakers. Is there an overall theme this year? Yeah, uh, where, glo- where globalism goes to die. Mm-hmm. So our thinking is we just we all watched what happened in Davos. It was just disgusting and uh they're getting more and more cocky about the fact that they're going to dictate what you eat, what kind of fuel you can put in your car, if you can have a car, the fact that you're not going to own anything, they're going to own everything, uh, what you know, medicines you can take and not take, all these basic questions. Uh, you know, Davos used to be a place where CEOs kind of assembled and probably uh, you had too much wine, and <laughs> now it's turned into this kind of authoritarian uh, effort and and we're the pushback to that not, not just CPAC but I mean people who believe in freedom yeah. and I think CPAC has to be a, a central rallying cry to these you know authoritarian regimes and it's not just Davos it's really kind of every globalist entity has been taken over by either Beijing or woke corporate interests so we got we, we got to take our power back. Uh, Matt Schlapp is our guest, and you talk about the global impact uh, of CPAC juxtaposed against the World Economic Forum. You made an announcement yesterday uh, with the president of Argentina as your uh, final keynote speaker. Well, it's hard to follow Donald Trump, who will be speaking Saturday afternoon or midday, but you've got Malay now finishing it up. That's a hell of a one-two punch to end this conference. Also lost in the mix here is the president of El Salvador, who is a real champion Mm. of law and order, freedom, really trying to put that country back on the map by not exporting people to this country as illegal immigrants, but actually making El Salvador a place where people, freedom-loving people, can live safely and thrive. I mean, freedom's spreading right now. I wish we had that kind of thought process in America's bigger cities with their Democrat mayors. Well, you know, WMAL has always played a special role at CPAC. As you said, so many of the local people who go to the event every year 
listen to your wonderful show and start their day off with your show. And one of the interesting things is I think the largest Hispanic community in the area is El Salvadoran. Mm -hmm. It seems like so many of the people we know uh, in the area are El Salvadoran, and they're so pumped that this president, this young president who is, once again, standing up to the globalists and saying, we're not going to do it your way, we're going to do it our way, and hey, it's not controversial to say gang members and MSM-13 and the rest of them should be put in prison for the rest of their life, and that's what he's doing, and my my impression from the people in this area is they are just thanking God that someone is finally standing up and protecting their country. Absolutely. So, listen, I know that everybody is going to be watching for the straw poll results. Um, and I think it's probably one of the biggest, second to the, the different wonderful speakers, including President Trump oh, no, on Saturday. I, I really but, chuckle because is it really going to be close? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Matt, do you have any <laughs> insights to give us? Because I know those are going to be big headlines coming out of uh, CPAC. This yeah, is Nikki going to show up and ask for some votes here? <laughs> Um, as I say, the only state Nikki Haley is winning in is the state of denial. Oh, but the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, straw poll, I think the big question in the straw poll is not are the people assembled for Trump. That's, that'll be high 90s. The question is uh, who should be his VP? Mm. I think that's kind of the big newsy question. They're all going to be there. You know, Christy Nome, Byron Donald, uh, Ben Carson, Elise Stefanik. I mean, it, you know, everyone that's being – mentioned J.D. Vance is going to be on the stage Mm -hmm. uh, making their pitch Mm -hmm. and showing us their stuff. And uh, you know who's going to be watching all that? You know who. Yeah, Donald Trump's going to be watching all that. His own version of The Apprentice. Ah. uh, He's going to be vice president. What's kind of funny is CPAC is on that last day, Saturday, is the day of the South Carolina primary. And frankly, the events at CPAC will probably be a bigger news story than sort of the fait accompli that we're going to see down in the Palmetto State. Hey, Matt, can you stick with us? I I know you're busy right now. Do you have another media hit or can you stick with us for another segment? Because I really want your political analysis. I'll, I'll cancel it. I'll just cancel it. I'll I'll, I'll hang in there. That's right. All right. Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. Ah. (laughs) Yikes. Hey, uh, Matt, you ever try that with Mercedes? He says, hey, hey, Mercy, (laughs) could could you just go make something happen in the kitchen, honey? Know your place. I don't know. I thought that was a very unfortunate answer. I don't, you know, I didn't get to watch it live, and it was one of these things where I started watching clips online, and I couldn't put my phone down. It was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Right. This was like the Onion, Babylon Bee, Saturday Night Live, like all wrapped up into one. And you just have to ask yourself, like, these big cities, who the hell are they electing for these jobs? Yeah. Mm. Well, and it's one thing that these are the kind of district attorneys who have turned our major cities into crime-ridden cesspools like the one we're sitting in right now, sadly. But listen, this is the far-reaching ramifications of this criminal trial, the the use of RICO and racketeering against advisors to the president. This would put a chilling effect on future president's advisors, right? And also, by the way, have a direct effect in interfering in this presidential election. Uh, this, I, regardless of what the decision is, this woman is overseeing this incredibly consequential criminal prosecution, Matt, that affects every single American citizen right now with regard to this election. Yeah. It's a hell of an insight into what the president is facing, President Trump, that is. What kind of effect is this going to have, and how does Trump deal with this? You know, I don't really understand. Um, I don't really understand how to where we're going to go from here. But I will say this. Um, his cases against him are all crumbling one by one. 
And she said on that stand yesterday that she's going after these people because they tried to steal the election. And the fact is, she's trying to steal an election. She's mm-hmm. trying to steal the next election. Yeah. She's trying to prevent Donald Trump from being on the ballot um, uh, this year. And I will say this. I took a phone call from one of the people who was surveilled that's come out in this whole Matt Taibbi um, oh, yeah. A really interesting investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these victims were surveilled. Their phone, re- their phones were tapped. Um, you know, they are going to need to be made financially whole mm. for those crimes. And I'll tell you who else needs to be made financially whole. Everybody associated with the Russian collusion lie. People lost mm-hmm. millions of dollars because they had to pay for lawyers. Their lives were ruined. Donald Trump has spent $100 million on lawyers. I want that to come out of the hide of the Department of Justice. CPAC's mm. going to lead a legislative effort to make sure all of those victims are made whole. I think the That's Republican good. Party needs to pick this up as a huge uh, issue going forward. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you something else. We can't allow these criminals, the DOJ and the FBI, to get away with these crimes without having to, you know, pay a financial consequence themselves. I mean, all they do is go to CNN and get contracts. Yeah. Fonnie right. Willis, yeah. uh, you know, she'll be on MSNBC with her own show pretty soon. You know, they don't reward oh. decency or talent. So, mm. you know, this is a very serious, Larry's right, this is a very serious problem. We cannot have a country, a free country, if the left can continue just to uh, intimidate every person on the right uh, through these big cities legal process. It just, we're going to lose the country. CPAC is next week. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be there. We'll be live. Vince Colonese will be there broadcasting. You'll see WMAL all over the place, and we can't wait. And uh, Matt, I, it's weird that that whole Jenna Ellis pleading guilty, uh, I don't know if that was a good idea now that you see exactly how this whole case is uh, coming down. I don't know if you uh, have any feelings. Fair about point. That. I mean, fair point. I think, mm. all, look, I think all of these people. Um, I think we have to fight as painful as it is. You have to fight. You have to fight fight them every step of the way. Thank you, Matt. Great talking with you. Thanks, Matt. Veritas Academy was chosen by Niche as the number one Christian and private school in Northern Virginia and third in the state of Virginia. Visit the National Landing Campus and join the Headmaster for Coffee every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. VeritasAcademyDC.com. VeritasAcademyDC.com.